RT8K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. Beijing plans to empower the Chief Executive Election Committee to nominate LegCo candidates and directly appoint a large share of them. Pro-government politicians deny the changes would bar opposition voices from public office and four pro-democracy figures charged with subversion are released on bail. The National People's Congress will, in the coming week, consider a plan to reform the Chief Executive Election Committee, changing its role, composition and the way members are chosen. The plan is for the committee to take on a completely new role in the nomination of LegCo candidates and even directly appoint a large share of lawmakers to ensure only patriots are elected. MPC Vice Chairman Wang Chen spoke to delegates in the Great Hall of the People in Beijing. The size, composition and formation method of the election committee will be adjusted and improved. The chief executive will continue to be elected by the election committee. The election committee will be entrusted with the new function of electing a relatively large share of LegCo members and directly participating in the nomination of all candidates for the LegCo. He added that the sweeping changes will be implemented through amendments to Annexes 1 and 2 of the Basic Law, rather than the actual provisions of the mini-constitution. He said past deficiencies had allowed anti-China elements to undermine the nation's sovereignty, safety and interests. Chief Executive Carrie Lam and her government have welcomed Beijing's reform of the electoral system. Vicky Wong reports. Mrs Lam said in a statement that she respected Beijing's move to take the lead in electoral reform and said the changes must come quickly ahead of the elections in the next few months. She said her government would reflect the views of the public to the NPC Standing Committee to help it finalise its plans and she said there was nothing new in the requirement that public officials in Hong Kong must be patriots. Meanwhile, Beijing's liaison office here said in a statement that the changes to the electoral system enjoyed popular support in the SAR. The LegCo president, Andrew Leung, said the changes were understandable and appropriate and he believed people with different voices would continue to serve in LegCo. Dennis Cheung, a pro-democracy member of Kwai Ching District Council, says the reforms are regressive and mark a return to the type of political system Hong Kong had before the 1997 handover. He says it's clearly a reaction to the sweeping victory of the pan-democratic camp in the 2019 District Council polls. They are now removing our powers from the establishment to make sure we have no influence towards the higher level policy the government takes. This is a total control from the central government and our people of Hong Kong will have no say to our representatives. The representation of the CE will be even lower than what we have today. The DAB District Councillor says it makes sense that she and her colleague are being stripped of their role in helping to elect the chief executive. Beijing's electoral reforms will see 117 councillors removed from the election committee. Kwai Ching Councillor Jody Kwok says district councils are supposed to concentrate on livelihood and local matters, but pan-democrats have acted absurdly since winning most seats. It is not that healthy for us to all focus on the political issues, but we have to devise our voices like district councillor, they have to like focus on the district matters and for the legislative councillor, they may be focused on the bills, on the developments of the political issues, something like that. But we have to clearly identify different roles. Four of the 47 pro-democracy figures facing subversion charges under the national security law have been released from custody after prosecutors dropped an appeal against the decision to grant them bail. Natalie Cheng reports. 
Tyrus Young, Lawrence Lau, Hendrik Lowe and Mike Lam were freed after an afternoon hearing at West Kowloon Court. Following a marathon bell hearing that started on Monday, they were left exhausted. But Mr. Lau and Mr. Lam made sure to thank their supporters who had gathered outside the court days before going home. I'm very tired. I, I, I missed my family so much. Well, I'm just a human being, you know, I'm tired. The four posted bail ranging from 80000 to a million dollars, but must comply with a number of conditions, including a ban on doing or saying anything that harms national security, organizing or joining any elections, obeying a curfew, reporting to police several times a week, surrendering travel documents and avoiding any contact with foreign officials. Their case will next be heard in court on May 31. Eleven other suspects that the magistrate had decided could have bail, but whose decision has been challenged by the Department of Justice, are scheduled to appear in court tomorrow. The defendants, which held primary polls to choose electoral elections candidates last year, are accused of plotting to overthrow the SAR government. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past eleven. The Civil Human Rights Front has denied receiving funding from overseas organisations after media reports from Singapore said the government might outlaw the group on national security grounds. Jimmy Choi has details. There have been claims that the group had received funding from the US National Endowment for Democracy to organise anti-extradition demonstrations, which began in June 2019. Now, a report by a Singaporean newspaper, Liang He Zhao Bao, quoted sources as saying that the Hong Kong government could ban the front shortly if allegations of foreign funding were proven true. Sources quoted by the newspaper also alleged that the Civil Human Rights Front has never registered with the government and might have breached the society's ordinance. The report said the front's conveners could be jailed for up to three months if found guilty. In a statement, France convener Vigo Chan insisted its funding came solely from donations from the public during marches and assemblies. He stressed the group has never received funding from foreign governments or organizations, including the National Endowment for Democracy. On news that his group could be outlawed, Mr Chan said, I'll take is that once this regime targets a person or organization to condemn, it always manages to find an excuse to do so. The group also urged people to recognize and acknowledge the facts and to do the best during what it calls a difficult time of incessant political suppression. Centre for Health Protection reported 11 new coronavirus cases today. 80 were locally acquired, four from an unknown source. The latter are an 18-year-old student, clerical workers aged 47 and 48, and a 37-year-old woman who works part-time as a foreign domestic helper. A dozen people have been arrested and almost $100 million of assets frozen in an investigation by police in an, in an investigation by police and the market's regulators into stock manipulation. The suspects are said to have run so-called ramp-and-dump operations, encouraging people to buy a stock at a high price before making a killing by selling their own holdings. They're being held on suspicion of money laundering and conspiracy to defraud. Thomas Atkinson, the Securities and Futures Commission's enforcement chief, says the scams often use social media. Sometimes they call themselves investment masters or teachers, and some may even impersonate genuine or well-known market commentators by posting their photos in the chat groups. This syndicate has been very active in the past year, using a large number of nominees in both Hong Kong and in the mainland. They use money transfers across the border in both directions to try and hide the source and use of funds, which make our investigations very difficult and time-consuming. The hospital authority has announced an investigation to a case of a chronically ill patient who was found dead in a hospital corridor while waiting to be admitted. 
The hospital authority said the man, 63, was waiting to be admitted to Kwangwa Hospital on the recommendation of a doctor in the outpatient clinic on February the 26th. The authority said an investigation panel would be formed to look into the incident and that the case had also been referred to the coroner. Pope Francis has begun the first ever papal visit to Iraq. He was greeted at Baghdad Airport by dignitaries, an honour guard, musicians and flag-waving well-wishers. The Pope says he'll show his support for Iraq's ancient Christian minority. He'll also meet the Shia Muslim cleric Grand Ayatollah Ali al-Sistani. BBC's Mark Lowen is travelling with Pope Francis. An honour guard here at Baghdad Airport to welcome Pope Francis as he walks down the steps onto the red carpet at the start of a truly historic trip. This, the first by a Pope to Iraq and Pope Francis's first international trip since the start of the Covid pandemic. He will aim in these three days to foster interreligious dialogue and to embolden Iraq's dwindling and persecuted Christian community. But it is a trip fraught with danger coming into a country with serious security problems and one in the grip of an upsurge in COVID infections. Police in Myanmar are reported to have opened fire on protesters in the second city, Mandalay, killing one person as demonstrations continue against the military coup. There have been rallies in cities across the country. The BBC's Nain Chan Ai was at the protests in Yangon. The demonstrations tried to avoid any direct engagement with the junta's forces. People try to play cat and mouse game with authorities. So far, the oppositions are organized and determined. You would see different kinds of defiance from dawn to dusk. People from all walk of life join the anti-coup movement. Even several policemen already take part in the civil disobedience campaign. Australia says Italy's decision to block the export of a quarter of a million coronavirus jabs won't affect its vaccination programme. Government officials say Australia has already received 300,000 of the AstraZeneca vaccines from Europe. But Dr Omar Korship, the president of the Australian Medical Association, criticised Italy's decision. It's certainly very disappointing to see this vaccine nationalism rearing its head. And it's a little ironic that Europe didn't seem too keen on the AstraZeneca vaccine just a few weeks ago with with pretty negative comments coming from national leaders. And then all of a sudden, once uh, the UK experience demonstrates it's actually a really good vaccine, uh, we see a, a shipment to Australia blocked. Australian TV stations have stopped, have stopped airing news programmes from two Chinese state-run broadcasters because of human rights concerns. SBS said it has suspended the screening of the Chinese channels because they showed forced confessions from dozens of prisoners. Back to the MPC, Premier Lika Chang says the mainland's growth target for the coming year will be set at over 6%. He said China had achieved its development goals in the past year, but noted that there are challenges ahead, including impediments to consumer spending and a lack of sustainability in investment growth. He said the target could only be achieved if COVID-19 was effectively contained. In setting these targets, we have taken into account the recovery of economic activity. And this is inducive to sustainable and healthy development. To do a good job this year, we have to coordinate COVID-19 response and economic development. We have to engage in routine prevention and control of the epidemic and improve targeted 
prevention and control of the pandemic. Macquarie's head of China Economics, Larry Hu, says the 6% GDP growth target can easily be attained. Given the very low base last year, I think China this year can grow around 8.5% this year, so 6% is not too difficult for them. I think that they just want to go back to the tradition, you know, in setting a growth target. So they don't want to set like 8% for this year, then the target drops to like 5.5% the next year. They don't want to be too volatile. So that they set a 6 maybe next year they set a 5.5. That's going to be more gradual. The Berlin Film Festival has awarded its first ever gender-neutral acting prize to Germany's Maren Eggert for her role in the sci-fi comedy I'm Your Man, the BBC's Emily Haller reports. Berlin is the first major international film festival to switch to acting prizes not based on gender. The festival's director said the decision was intended to spur discussion and recognise that the movie industry needed to be more sensitive in its treatment of the issue. The new Best Leading Performance Prize was awarded to Maren Eggert for her portrayal of a character who lives with a robot, supposedly engineered to be the perfect romantic partner. The festival also has a second gender-neutral award for Best Supporting Performance. Sport now, and for a preview of this weekend's English Premier League action, here's the BBC's John Bennett. There's a Manchester derby to look forward to this weekend, as leaders City host second-place United. After an astonishing run of 21 wins in a row in all competitions, Manchester City are running away with the title this season. So even if Manchester United win against their rivals, they would only close the gap at the top to 11 points. So their chances of lifting the Premier League trophy may be over, but United are desperate for the three points to consolidate their position in the top four. The teams below them in the table are putting on the pressure after their last three games ended nil-nil. Meanwhile, Liverpool's hopes of qualifying for the Champions League next season are hanging by a thread after the title holders lost their fifth home game in a row on Thursday to Chelsea. They're four points below the top four going into another game at Anfield against Fulham, who have given themselves a chance of staying up this season with some impressive recent performances. Newcastle, on the other hand, are in danger of being dragged into the bottom three after just two wins in 17 matches in all competitions. Under pressure, manager Steve Bruce will be under even more scrutiny if they lose to second from bottom West Brom. Elsewhere, Tottenham will make it four wins in a row if they beat their London rivals Crystal Palace at home. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. Beijing plans to empower the Chief Executive Election Committee to nominate LegCo candidates and directly appoint a large share of them. Pro-government politicians deny the changes would bar opposition voices from public office and four pro-democracy figures charged with subversion are released on bail. And that's the news from RTHK. Yes, uh, in our newsroom this evening, that's uh, Robert Kemp back with more headlines at midnight. The spinners. Originally known as the Detroit spinners and the Motown spinners. It's a shame the way you mess around with your man. It's a shame the way you hurt me. It's a shame. Sitting all alone by the telephone. 
And uh, their album, Second Time Around, came out in uh, 1970. It was the Everly Brothers, 18 after 11. I'm gonna cry 